dude. Just like, you pull in, and you just get spit right out of them. And welcome to another edition of the Carve Up, where we talk about all things surf and then some. Uh, well, tonight, uh, it's just myself and the Silk Man. How you doing, Silk Man? Very good, Shmoo. Looking forward to tonight. Um, tonight's show, a little bit kindred sadness. We celebrate the life of Brock Little, but also uh, some good news. It looks like the Eddie could be back on later this week, so uh, looking forward to talking about that and getting your thoughts. Yeah, definitely the second go-around, we're on yellow alert. From what I hear, uh, Amber means everyone come from far, wide, near. It doesn't matter. Get there because if you're an invite, a 32-man uh, invite list, uh, you need to be there on Thursday, Hawaiian time, uh, from what I understand. And of course, uh, we're also going to talk about what is doing on the Gold Coast. The wave machine has been on for weeks. Mate, I was up there last week, uh, as you know, with our good friends at Vislo, and a shout out to all the team up there. Yeah, Thanks for the new threads. <laughs> and look, snuck a couple of waves in at Corumban, and the alley was firing. Uh, got a couple of good little barrels. They weren't little ones, they were long, actually. Uh, Julian Wilson was out there. First time he actually ever surfed Corumban, and he got some absolute smokers. Um, Probably the best part about Corumban is it would have been the least crowded of the points, I dare say. But the waves were unbelievable, mate. And, you know, there's a few old sea dogs out there saying this is as good as it gets. So it was lucky he scored. But as we sit here right now, we know that uh, the waves are, are hammering on the coast at the points at the moment. Well, that's, you know, the, the name is so fitting, isn't it? The Gold Coast. It is just, it's a melting pot of... Surfer's gold. paradise. It, exactly. It's, it is a absolute gold miner's dream when you talk about surf up there. Um, you know, Snapper is just one of many point breaks that they have up there. Of course, Burley's been pumping, uh, Corumban's been pumping. Inside Corumban, you got Lacey's. Yeah. And you got uh, all the way down the coast. We won't go too far into it because uh, the locals up there play too <laughs> But, I mean, no one's even talking about Stratty and, and all those other locations, the back beaches, because the points are absolutely pumping. My only concern is is probably what's on the back of everyone's mind. It's been pumping up there for weeks. When does it stop? Yes. I'm tipping around March 10th to <laughs> the 21st. Course. Of course. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I feel for the uh, WSL boys and girls. But, my question for you. Now, you've been uh, missing for the past couple of shows. You're, you're back behind the mic. Well, yeah, I've been behind another sort of microphone, uh, if you like. Uh, I've been following the New South Wales, uh, uh, Surfing New South Wales series uh, QS1000 series, doing some uh, on-beach commentary, just dipping my big toe back into the game, if you like, uh, and really enjoying seeing a lot of local talent being unearthed. Uh, kids like uh, Sheldon Simkis, Ethan Ewing, uh, um, and a whole Jared Hickel, uh, Per Stanley's been at these events. A lot of uh, Samuel Pupo, Miguel Pupo's uh, younger yeah. brother. So is it an international flavor? Massive international flavor. Uh, and really bringing back to life the the Australian series of uh, qualifying events, uh, thanks to Surfing New South Wales, Luke Madden and his team doing a great job, and of course WSL sanctioned. It, it's been apparently boomerang. I, I didn't go to the boomerang event, yep. um, but I know they had good ways for the the Tweed Coast event. Avoca was just outstanding, uh, and then Marubra where it all began. Um, so it's been a great series, and it's a great way to kick off the year. Hey, just on the on that point, I know that the WSL have sanctioned all these events. There's a massive event coming up this weekend, and it's one of the classics, Surf Fest at Newcastle. 
My spies tell me around the traps that, uh, you know, it's, it's a long-standing event, but initially the WSL removed the, uh, you know, the points system for that event. Has that been changed? Look, I, I the first I heard of this rumor is when you just told me yep. before the show. So if that's the case, it's very disappointing. I think it's very disrespectful to the event. Warren Smith and his team up there for over 30 years have done this event for the surfers. It's not about them. It's not about the community um, as much as it has a great effect on the community because they are a surfing town. You ask anyone from Mark Richards to Nikki Wood to Luke Egan, Chad Edzer, any one of those guys up there, the Andersons, Craig and Philip Anderson, it's it's one of the four wheels that really make up that 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 town, right? And they got great backing from uh, Kim Burton at uh, Maitland Toyota and those guys. I'm not doing a sponsors plug. These are just local people who support who, who have yeah. supported this event for well over 30 years. So if that's the case, I'm disappointed in the WSL, and I'm glad that they have reinstated the point system if they have done just that, uh, if they've taken it away, um, because it deserves way more credit than it gets. Ethan Ewing. Now, I think he got one of the awards down at the ABB at Cronulla earlier in the year. I think he took out Cabarita and maybe ran second um, on the weekend. Tell us a bit about this uh, young hot rat. Yeah, look, he. Uh, this kid's got a, a ton of talent. I think he's probably uh, out of that little rat pack of um, probably 13 to 16-year-olds. Ethan Ewing is the kid on everyone's radar, and you're always going to get that one bit of cream that rises to the top. Um you know he's a he's a diamond in the rough. This kid, he's got a tremendous amount of talent, uh, and he's going to be one of those probably three or four kids that really drive Australia into uh, the next generation. They're the next generation. Uh, also, Jacob Wilcox, who I watched over in uh, Avoca, uh, Luke Hind. All these young rats are just ripping. So um, you know. Australian surfing may have skipped a beat there because Brazil's coming on so strong, yeah. but I think they're definitely back in great form and really showing and showcasing in these QS1000 events what they're made of. And so it's, you know, stand up and, and watch. What about the girls, mate? Who, who's the, uh, um, the standouts in the ladies? Macy Callahan um, definitely comes to mind, that name. Um, but uh, she's the one that's going to be, uh, um, of course, Isabella Nichols. She won the, uh, the Vista ISA. Yep. games yep and she you know they're beautiful young ladies they're great in and out of the water in terms of their attitude and the way they they deal with their uh their stardom and their fame so far uh and when they get in the water they just turn into absolute superstars um competitively and in, in free surfing they're they're probably the two names that i would say that are next there's a young brunette surfer at carumban last wednesday i don't know who she was but she was doing she was getting the sets Doing, drawing deep lines and belting it off the top on a backhand. She was surfing as good as the guys. And I know that's a, a backhanded compliment, but she was ripping. I don't know who she was, but I'm sure some of the local guys up there would know who she is and make she's good. Well, as long as she was dropping, on you, dropping in on you, she's no, doing man. well. Anyways, just to summarise the local content, this weekend, Surfest Newcastle, what, are we, what should we expect? Well, we've got some heavy hitters in that. I, I, look, I think we don't have as many as we should. I think um, the WSL, again, needs to really apply some encouragement to some of the world's best surfers to support the local events here in Australia, Brazil, Hawaii, anywhere. Um, because without these, these local foundation events, you don't get to be um, potentially qualified for the WSL big events. And, you know, they're here one year and gone the next. So I think the WSL should revisit that and say, you, you, my opinion would be, 
you got to do at least two. It could be a QS1000, could be a QS10000, but you got to support at least two in your backyard. I think it's only going to help um, selling this sport to the corporates as well. But uh, that's for them to deal with, not us. We can just uh, opinionate on it, in which we have. So, um, yeah, Surfest uh, up on the new in Newcastle in Merriweather Beach. I'll be there from Friday. We're going to do a live broadcast with NBN. So uh, Warren Smith is uh, – I hope he's ready for the Shmoo to come back because I'm ready. Those guys better bring their game. And I'm looking forward to seeing the Jack Freestones, the Kanoa Igarashis, the Keanua Sings, the Stephanie Gilmores, the Sally Fitzgibbons, the Philippa Andersons, who's won there before. Um, it's great to see world champions up there, but it's great to see so much other international talent supporting. And there's going to be waves too. There's going to be some waves and there's going to be some weather. Right. I think there's going to be a little bit of wind, which brings the waves, but there's also some weather uh, that I believe at the moment will come with that. But these surfers don't care. They just want to get there and, and put on a great performance, in which they will do. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to calling it and, and being a, around such a, a great group of people and surfers. And welcome back to the Carve-Up where you're sitting and listening to Silky and Shmoo. Uh, double trouble here tonight. Uh, again, you know, paying homage and a big tribute out. A uh, big rest in peace goes out to Brock Little, who we lost uh, just a few days ago. But uh, uh, I know he's up there watching and waiting for a possibly start. Uh, we're on yellow alert, which means uh, get your guns ready because uh, once uh, Peter Mill, the big wave commissioner of the WSL, calls it on, you need to get on a plane if you're not already there in Hawaii because the Eddie Aikau, the Quicksilver in memory of Eddie Aikau, could go Friday Australian time, which is Thursday Hawaii USA time. We just uploaded some footage of Waimea at the moment, courtesy of Noah Johnson on our carve-up page, and we're talking about it off air. It looks like it's some. It's it's really solid, like as we speak, right? Yeah. Well, I saw uh, Brock Little, uh, Clark Little's brother. Uh, sorry, Brock Little's brother, Clark, uh, upload a shot or a video of a guy trying to get out this morning. Right. Why, man? He didn't make it, but maybe two hundred yards and got a a closeout cleanup set right across the bay. Um, really didn't belong out there. Uh, it was very dangerous and death defying, if you like. Shmoo, I have to ask because we had Mark Matthews in here last show and. He talked about how close he was to, you know, securing a, a spot. I think he was third uh, alternate on the list and, you know, being injured at the Jaws event. As a Hawaiian and as a professional surfer, how important is that this event to the, the local community over there? Oh, I think uh, to the local community, it's, it's about um, big wave. It's a big wave pinnacle event. It's about... Um, being able to ride uh, one of the most iconic waves like Eddie Aikau did uh, and try and emulate how well he surfed Waimea because it's not an easy wave to ride. There's so many different takeoff spots that guys use. Um, but the local community respects Waimea Bay because of the spirit, the heritage that comes with it. Um, so as a surfer, t- to, to be invited, um, you don't get invited by some guys just randomly picking out of a hat or or hey, he likes him in big ways, or, or she likes him, or whatever it is, or the corporates. It's actually the surfers vote for you. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a really fair and justified and qualified uh, uh, sort of entry process. So the thirty-two man invitee list is nothing short of absolutely filled with talent, knowledge, and credibility. Well, we looked at it last time, and you know, the guys like Tom Carroll, Ross Clark Jones, Clyde Icow, he's sixty-six years old and still surfing like. Hats off to that. I mean, I couldn't imagine being 66 years old and 
and surfing 30 feet. We talk about watermen and we throw that term around quite loosely, but, you know, guys like Dave Wassel would be, you know, close to 50 as well. These guys are the true watermen of, of our sport, aren't they? Well, they are. Now, I think to have someone like Clyde um, in the event just goes to show you it doesn't matter what age you are, but when you have that spirit, especially the cow spirit within, you know, running through your, your blood, your veins, that he gets into this zone. And Clyde's very much a, a winner possibility. You can never count someone like Clyde out. And how good of a story would that be yeah. for him to win at 66 years of age? And Tom Carroll, well yeah. over 50. You know, Ross Clark Jones pushing 50. So there's a lot of um, years of experience, Waterman experience in, in part of that draw. But then you got the emerging young guns of big wave surfing guys like uh, Jamie O'Brien, Bruce Irons, I mean, you know, Sonny Garcia's yeah, 46 years of age, Makua Kai Rothman, uh, Greg Long, Shane Dorian, and, and those are just a, a few names, you know. Um, Kala Alexander, there's a lot of Hawaiian heritage in there, and, and I think any one of those 32 guys yeah. could, could win this thing. You know, it's, it's, it's a toss-up, right? And it's the bay calls the day. And it's that surfer that really produces, like Greg Long did in 2009 when it was last run. Um, it just goes to show you it's not all about the Hawaiians getting out there and showing how to ride Waimea Bay, but guys like Greg Long um, have won it. Um, Why is it such a challenging wave? Well, because it's uh, there's so many different variables about Waimea Bay, where to take off. Um, you know, there's guys in front of you, behind you. Um, yeah, there's no drop-in rule, right? Well, there's no drop-in rule. And it's about that guy who really takes on as many risks uh, for reward as possible and really shows um, the criteria of, you know, deepest in the pocket, um, how, how big the wave is and, and the positioning on, on which uh, he takes off on that wave. So, I mean, you can ride the shoulder all day long and, and still, you know, have fun, I, I suppose. I've never been out there in that size, but uh, these guys will take it to the limit. They will push each other in a very fun and spirited way to levels that no other human beings on this planet would even contemplate doing. And that's what makes the eddy so unbelievable. The only thing I could, that I've just thought about is a lot of the pros, the Slaters, the John John Florences, obviously they'll be in the Gold Coast now. I, I, you'd think so anyway. I've seen footage of John John. I think he's already at Snapper. So I'd imagine they wouldn't fly back to Hawaii to surf this event, or would they? Well... I think they would definitely contemplate it. Really? Yes. I wow. Mean, it's so, the, the event has so much prestige, so much honor in it, and the spirit of the in memory of Eddie Aikau, um and the legacy of which um, Eddie has left, it runs in the veins of even Kelly Slater and John John Florence. They want, you know, Kelly's won it. Yep. Uh, John John is one of that new emerging big wave talent group. Billy Kemper. Um, all these guys, um, you know, the Maui boys, everyone's hanging to get in it. Uh, and they'll get there eventually. But uh, guys like John Dunn who are already in it, if he, because it's only held in this period, it's a three-month period. The last time it was held was, well, I think six years ago, right? Almost seven years ago yeah. now. And you only get one shot. So it might be another seven or eight years before John John, Kelly, and J-O-B and those guys – might get to surf it again. So it doesn't matter where they are. If they think in the way we're speaking, they're going to get on a plane. So we're looking at a Friday Australian time start. Give us a tip, mate. I've already, on the record, I'm tipping uh, Shane Doran. If you had to choose, who would you choose? Oh, look, those guys I just listed, I'm going to, I'm going to, 
I'm going to go someone like Sonny Garcia. I, the reason I say Sonny Garcia, I'm a little bit biased here, yeah. of course, because Sonny's one of my best friends and like a brother to me. But I think something's been brewing with Sonny for a long, long time. And Sonny and Brock Little, who many of these guys who paddle out, including Shane Dorian, will be surfing for Brock. Well, let's talk about that too, because he was 18 years old, I think, when he surfed in his first Eddie back in the 80s. And I remember it because I was about 10 years old, and they used to play it on Wildwater Sports back here. And it was Brock Little and Aaron Napoleon. I think Brock was 18, Aaron was 19. And I distinctly remember watching the footage of, you know, 25 foot one. I mean, I think Brock Little pulled in. Maybe, but there was a, I remember the one of the commentators, they used to have that Tally Ho Blears. He was like the. Lord Tally Ho. Yeah. But the commentator, Aaron Napoleon, had a wipeout, and this is the comment he made was, "He's getting washed around like a pair of jeans in a washing machine." I've always remembered that, you know, it's just stuck with me. But the, the the legacy of Brock Little, like he'll he'll be remembered, I dare say, throughout the late eighties, early nineties, as one of the the great big wave surfers, right? Yeah, I think you know Brock came in at a time. Well, Brock and I grew up many many years with the Shane Dorans and the Kellys and the Ross Williams and Sonny Garcias, and Brock was always that guy that just had it in him to, to ride big waves. He knew he was destined for something crazy and, and, and outlandish, and big waves were his thing. Um, you know, growing up uh, alongside him, he was always the guy that uh, would paddle out at 6 in the morning in, in a secret location that I won't name, and none of us kids would go out there, but Brock would be out there. Um, and then he just progressed. Um, we're going to talk to a, a guy uh, after the break, that uh, that we'll mention shortly. That um, actually interviewed Brock, but um, you know a lot of these guys, Silky, will be surfing for Brock, and I think Sonny Garcia will be taking uh, his opportunities very seriously. I think he will be putting himself into positions potentially he would never even think about because he knows Brock is up there going, "Come on, Sonny," you know, because they spent many times in, in, on dirt trails. They also spent a lot of time surfing big waves together, uh, and Sonny really respected Brock, as did Shane Doran, as, as did the whole field. So there'll be Brock, not only will Eddie be there with them in spirit, but Brock will be there a lot on the day. And I, I only hope that that uh, it does go in the Bay Calls today on, on Thursday, uh, USA time, and we get to see some amazing big wave surfing from 32 of the finest guys and they all come out healthy and unscathed and just put on one hell of a freaking show. Well, I think knowing what we know and, you know, with, with the tragedy of Brock passing, I think it's going to happen. I just think it's, it was meant to be. Definitely. And uh, we're going to go to a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to uh, a guy by the name of Anthony Pansia from Western Australia, a surfing scribe who actually spoke to Brock Little before, obviously, his passing. So uh, come back and join us on the carve-up right after the break. All right, welcome back to the carve-up, where we slice and dice things in the world of surfing, and we are talking about the possibility of the Eddie Aikau, the Quicksilver in memory of Eddie Aikau, Big Wave Invitational, going on Amber very, very soon, and the possibility, Silky, of it running uh, on Thursday, USA time. Yeah, that's Friday morning here in Australia for all you simpletons out there. <laughs> but look, before we went to the break, we, we touched on the uh, the passing of Brock Little and the, you know the, the legacy that he's left in the in the big wave surfing world. Schmidt. 
Yeah, we definitely have. And, uh, you know, Brock was a very dear friend of mine uh, for many, many years growing up over there in Hawaii. Obviously, I grew up on the South Shore and Brock on the North Shore uh, when he and his family moved over at a young age. But, uh, um, you know, we met up every weekend um, with a, a whole bunch of other very talented surfers and we shared so many great memories. Uh, he'd be truly missed, but uh, gone but never forgotten, as I like to say, and his legend will always live on. But uh, we're going to talk to you right now. We're going to bring onto the carve up for the first time a, a gentleman from Western Australia, a surfing scribe by the name of Anthony Pansia, who actually interviewed Brock Little three weeks before his passing. Uh, Anthony, welcome to the carve up. Really well, mate, really well. Now, for those people who don't know, we've uploaded that article, John, that was printed in Surfer Magazine not so long ago, but look, you got a chance to spend some time with Brock not so long ago, three weeks, in fact, and we've seen photos. He looked uh, really, really ill, mate, but just talk us through that, those, uh, those times. Well, we should probably go back a couple of years um, to, to, to get the story of the director's I, like so many other guys in the world, I had that one on the years and used to look at rocks and come into the place and map and play the boy there. And uh, I found it, I guess, for a couple of years. And then uh, probably about five years ago, I saw it again. And it just really it shocked me. You know, and I just, at that time, I was sort of waiting for Yeah, he's a uh, he's an interesting character. What were your what was your first impression when you, when Brock spoke over the phone uh, with you? Uh, I can't really. Just he was just a beast, you know. Um, Speaking uh, more or less about you know riding big waves or some of the other incredibly crazy things he did uh, with his with his life here. Well, um, a bit of we kind of delved more into his legacy, um, what he made of you know the, his golden years at Waimea, and obviously the influence he had on that generation of guys that grew up worshiping you know guys like Kelly Slater and you know, Ross Williams, Shane Dorian. And as he said, um, he's just so that 
mentioned with the Kellys and Rosses, there's also another side of another group, if you like, uh, the guys like Ace Cool, Mark Fu, Roger Erickson, Ken Bradshaw, the guys that were before Brock that uh, in, in your article, he, he, it says that uh, they would have just laughed at, at him as a little kid, but uh, then somewhat became to respect him as well. Yeah, yeah, basically, he just sort of said that, you know, after a while, they figured that this little kid, and, you know, the other kids, like Aaron Capaldi, and then, uh, you mentioned Jason Majors, too, you know, these, these little brides weren't going to leave, but they kind of eventually sort of took them all under their wing and just showed them the ropes, and, you know, as you mentioned, uh, which, you know, they all kind of, that, that respect just grew, grew to a love for each other, you know, because obviously they're out there, you know, so I think 20, 25 foot one, you know, before they were just in, before they were dead, before they were helicopters. So, yeah, it was an amazing, amazing conversation. Yeah, look, he uh, did he did he sound like, or or did you get a sense that uh, Rock had fulfilled everything he he wanted to in life? And although you know he he had cancer and he knew that uh, time was very precious, that, did you get a feeling that uh, you know he, he was happy where he was? up from that interview was that he's he knows he was regarded as one of the best servers in the bay for a few years and his words were I'm, I'm fucking stoked you know it must be it must be pretty cool to, to know that you're ruling that joint for a few years at least anyway uh, again it was just one of those things growing up with Brock in, in a house uh, on the North Shore where myself and Kelly and Sonny Garcia and Shane Dorian and Ross Williams all used to hang out of a weekend. The only training Brock Little did was with, uh, when he was old enough, was a beer in hand and eating ice cream with a spoon, a uh, fork, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, so, look, you know, if the Eddie happens uh, Friday our time, Thursday uh, in, in Hawaii, there's going to be a lot of kids out there that looked up to Brock um, and will be surfing on the day for Brock, you'd think, and really pushing the boundaries because uh, that's what Brock would have wanted them to do. You feel the same way? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like I said, when we spoke last time, it was kind of, it was a bit of talk about Eddie, Eddie, you could just tell he was just dropping on it, you know? Um, Obviously, just in contact with all those guys and hearing buzz, and um, yeah, like, it's going to be a pretty emotional experience if it does if it does go down for sure. 
Yeah, look, uh, it will definitely be emotional, but you know it'll have high octane. Uh, guys will be pushing themselves well beyond their limits, we think. But uh, before we leave you, Anthony, what were your parting words to, to Brock and Brock to you? Uh, you know, the final, the, the special last thing he said to me was, yeah, mate, just call me any time, you know, just like that. Um, and I kind of, at the end of the conversation, actually myself, got a bit emotional. Um, I sort of just hit that wall where I was talking to, you know, a hero of mine, and it's such an intense experience, you know, and he's beyond what he's dealing with, and it's just, yeah, it was just an amazing uh Oh, look, you know, I've done surf trips with Brock. I grew up with him, and uh, it was a, a very sad day the other day when I tuned into social media. And uh, I don't handle death at the, at the very best of times, so to see one of my dear friends and people who I looked up to and so many thousands of kids around the world as well as the best surfers in the world did. Um, it was a sad day, but you know what? He's, uh, I, I, I look at it this way. He's not suffering. He's smiling now. He's surfing with the best of them up there, and one day we'll ride waves together, and, and you know that's where I left it. And uh, you know On Thursday, I hope it happens for Brock. I hope it happens for the rest of the guys. And look, we really thank you for your time and all the energy you put into you know, really sort of uh, giving Brock the credibility he deserves as one of your heroes heroes and, and, and many others. So thank you, Anthony uh, Pancia, and we hope to talk to you next time on The Carve Up. Thanks for your time. Thanks, guys. A little bit. All right. That was uh, Anthony Pancia there, uh, surfing scribe, one of the hits heroes, Brock Little, and uh, we'll catch up with him next time. Welcome back. You're on The Carve Up with Silky and Shamu in the studio. Great interview there with uh, Anthony, and I could tell there's a bit of emotion in the room here, Shamu, uh, you know, growing up with Brock and seeing the passing, but, uh, you know, I think uh, Thursday, Hawaii, Friday, our time, uh, he'll be there, mate, and uh, there'll be 30, 40 foot waves, and like you said, guys like Sonny and Shane, and a lot of the Hawaiian guys are going to stand up and, and really, you know, show their medal for him. Yeah, look, it's, it is, I do get a bit emotional because I'm so far away from Hawaii where I grew up in you know, and, and not to be there to support our many friends who are going through a real rough time. But um, I take comfort in the fact that he's not suffering anymore and he's happy um, because he's in a much better place. Um, now my attention turns to my friends who are surfing in the event, my concern. Yeah. Uh, and I'll be watching with bated breath because I know that they are going to do what Brock would have done and just charge. That's his, that was his attitude. Uh, when he was put on this earth, that was his attitude as he left the earth. It was just head down, ass up, and just charge uh, both in and out of the water. So, you know, rest in peace, our good friend Brock Little. But uh, Thursday, the big day, and we're going to carve it up uh, once it happens. If the bay does call today, Silky, let's keep our fingers crossed. And uh, the Quicksilver in memory of Eddie Akau goes. Uh, it will be a monster event. You've been listening to Carve Up. Till next time, bye for now. See ya. Dude, just like you pull in and you just get spit right out of them.